Welcome everybody back to the Domcast episode 63. We are here seven days after the league started, which is kind of cool because we've had some technical difficulties. As you see, it is just me and Kobe here today. Uh, set podcast is coming out Monday. This one will, will on video actually be out on Wednesday, uh, but the audio on Spotify and Apple Podcasts will be out on Tuesday, seven days after the league started. So you know what? I figured we could go ahead and finesse it. We've had a week to look at teams, to look at players, and it has been a hell of a week. Um, yeah, y'all already know your regular host, Kobe. Say what's up to the people, and uh, we'll go from there. Good, everybody. This podcast, I did not even mention last time, and it showed it, it showed every time I forget. Uh, it's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. So the little stars right there on Spotify, you press rate, helps the show, I think. I don't know. We almost had 1,000 ratings, and after that, I'll never ask you to rate it again because once it goes to 1K, I can't see I can't see who's rating it and who's not. So whatever. Just, just go ahead and help help some young brothers out with the five-star or don't rate at all. Man, this season has been crazy already. Seven days in, we have plenty to talk about. Before we get into anything, how have you been enjoying it so far? It's been hectic for me because I'm trying to keep up with literally every single thing every single night and uh, it feels like the season's been going on for months now but uh, how, how's it been for you seven days in thus far yeah i mean it's, it's been pretty entertaining so far i got a lot of teams making some noise like you know the jazz is my favorite team in basketball right now i never thought i'd be saying that i ain't say that i was saying that when gobert was there you know what i'm saying right. but you know you see when they, they got a big man that you know can create something you know you see what happens you know what i'm saying but the jazz are just playing phenomenal basketball moving the ball around great on both ends of the floor um i'm liking the way the nuggets are looking as well um overall the celtics do look pretty good it's just, the nba is in a really good spot very balanced got guys guys like donovan mitchell off to a hot start john morant's been going nuts so uh yeah man nba is in a great spot right now yeah after you said i've been what do you say cheering for one of my favorite teams in basketball utah i st- <laughs> everything else blanked out for me right there <laughs> no it's it's crazy I, I guess that'll just take us into our section about what caught our eyes this week because if you were paying attention to the nba the utah jazz that, that's wild bro we're starting off the first podcast talking about utah jazz basketball that is insane. um just just uh, just so this is out there when people come back to listen to this pod remember last year i don't remember what the wizard started with what record they started with in uh 2020 yeah the 2022 season but they started off good and then we like never heard about them again so if the jazz end up doing what they were supposed to do just remember uh you know it's the first four games but through those first four games they are three and one i believe and this is a team like the players themselves just have nothing to lose so when you talk about tanking that's something obviously the front office might want because then they can get a pick but the players they don't want to hear that shit another team that we would probably be talking about in terms of this is the san antonio spurs and and devin vassell he had a, a whole quote come out basically saying don't talk to me about tanking i don't really want to hear that we, we're all professionals we get paid to do this and um you know we'll, we'll talk about san antonio a little bit later but the utah jazz they are out here in these bottom five ever jerseys and these construction site jerseys just playing good basketball bro laurie markinen had a had a tough night against the rockets but the rest of the games is like i think the marketing that we probably expected uh when he was playing for the chicago bulls um the, the vanderbilt getting some center minutes playing tough on both sides of the ball walker kessler i'm seeing kelly olenic lobs law passes to walker kessler just fam they just don't have they, they don't have anything nobody expected anything from them so they're like all right cool we're just gonna come out here and who by the way you know i'm gonna save that one I'm, i don't even want to ruin it I'm, I'm actually gonna save that one because that's for later in the show yeah U- utah has has 100 percent 
caught both of our eyes very obviously throughout this season. It This isn't necessarily a stock question, but from here in the, what is this, the first week, so seven days in, what do you expect to happen going forward from here? Do you think this is going to be a thing where the Utah Jazz continue? Because everybody they've beaten so far, like, they're all good teams. Who did they beat this week? They beat the Nuggets, right? They, they beat the beat, Nuggets in the first game. They, they beat the Nuggets, Nuggets. They beat Timberwolves. And the Pelicans. Yeah. And then they played the Rockets tough. So, like, three of those teams are good teams. We all had aspirations for those teams, and they played them tough. If it was just some bad teams, it's like, okay, that's kind of inflated. They, they played good teams. Uh, but what, what do you think? Do you think they will sustain this, or do you think this will be a story we've forgotten about uh, a month from now? Um... I think to me it depends on you know if, if Lloyd Martin is gonna keep you know this pattern playing this way similar to like you know 2019 Nets when D'Lo broke out if this is Lloyd's breakout and I could see this you know them being the eight seed possibly nine seed squeaking into play in um, but you look at teams like the Orlando Atlanta Magic every year they started out like five and those six and oh they started out hot every year and they flame out so you never really know with these teams but um. I think I think it can it can hold up if Lori Markkinen you know if this is a breakout year and he keeps playing like this and they're playing like they're playing so unselfishly that's that's the part nobody's talking about they play so unselfishly they're communicating on defense they just play great as a team so I think this can keep up. You know the funny thing is so obviously Markkinen is the name that sticks out but Kelly Olynyk also hooping right now and the the part about that is pretty much since he was traded from Miami. He has had interesting moments. You remember that at the end of the 2021 season? I don't know if you remember, but probably the last 20 games of the 21 season where he got traded to the Houston Rockets. I don't think anybody was paying attention to that. Who was watching Kelly Olenek on Houston in 21? But he ended that season pretty well. I think he ended with like averages of uh, 20 points a game, probably about 20 and uh gosh 20 and 8 it looks like 54 percent from the field detroit he only ended up playing 40 games but this is more or less he, he he's kind of picking up where he left off i saw solid stuff again the pelicans again that's another thing that's crazy right so like i said they they dogged the nuggets when they were playing the pelicans they were up most of that game and i, I believe it ended up going to ot they ran some solid stuff at the uh end of the game to get kelly olenic switched on to to cj mccullum for the game winner there probably you know, possibly the the blandest game winner you'll ever seen, but that also has to do with teams over switching. Cause it, that happened a couple of times this week. I don't know if that's a phenomenon you pay attention to. But CJ McCollum getting switched on to Kelly Olynyk pretty much costed them the game. We're gonna talk about the Lakers and Blazers uh, soon, but Nurkic got switched on to LeBron way too quickly at the end of that game. Almost cost them that that dunk that ended up sending that to OT. The, the switching in the league sometimes is just it, even when we talk about the Timberwolves, some of the switching just seems unnecessary. But it, again, it was saw it was. Solid. That was solid, just play calling from Utah. Um, as far as from what I expect, again, four games, like I said, we can 100% you know, be here two weeks from now and be like, remember when the Jazz were 4-0? and um, I, I hope that, I'll say this, I would hope, especially because I don't actually want win, but you know, I'm going to go to the Jazz. I hope that if they do continue to compete, you don't see a flat-out white flag from the front office where they just have a fire sale near the trade deadline, right? Like, if they're doing good and they end up trading uh, uh, Kelly Olenek or whoever, right, that's making that team competitive so they can do worse. I, I hope that they just kind of let them compete. And at that point, if they were doing good enough by the trade deadline, that's enough games to where you probably wouldn't start tanking at that moment anyways. But, um, yeah, Utah Jazz, uh, for those of y'all <laughs> listening to 
to this pod, I, I probably made a promise somewhere in the summer that we weren't going to be speaking of Utah ever. And, and here we are. They are. A, there's no reason to even look at conferences at the moment. I've been doing it as a joke on Twitter. But yeah, they're three and one right now. They are three and one. The conferences are turned on to their head. Other things that caught our eye this week for me, I guess I'll go ahead and go because I asked you first. So the Nets are your team or they're one of your teams. You have the Nets and you have the Hornets. This has been a uh, underwhelming and under. I don't even know if it's an underwhelming start for me because I had them six in the Eastern Conference, but I had them six because I believe that guys are going to be missing games. But thus far, it's a one and two start again, very early. But the basketball is underwhelming, obviously, specifically from Ben Simmons. And I think you have some very early problems presenting themselves, i.e., I think we spent a lot of this summer saying that, oh, well, Ben Simmons is definitely going to be playing a big man role with that team. We're going to see a lot of four, a lot of five from him. Uh, he'll be able to guard all five positions. That happens, right? But there's a couple of things. There's a couple of reasons you probably wouldn't want that full time. Things like foul trouble, things like uh, that game against the Pelicans where people twice his size are posting him up. Like, you don't think of JV as Jonas Valanciunas as a superstar center, but still, that's that's a that's a hard assignment just when he's backing yeah. down that forces help. So what's been happening, Nash went with the thing that I, I guess it was just an oversight on my part, wondering if he and Claxton would play together. You see him on the floor with other bigs. You see Simmons on the floor being forced to play with Claxton, who's having a, an interesting offensive season. We saw that in preseason as well. You see minutes with Daron Sharp. They're forced into that. Otherwise, they're going to get destroyed on rebounding and they're going to get destroyed on defense. But neither one of those look great so far. That's what caught my eyes. Uh, from a Nets fan, what is it? What's it looking like for you to start? What are you thinking about Ben Simmons and, and the fit overall? You don't have Seth Curry yet, so you could be using another shooter. But uh, th- thus far, the defense f- seems like it's going to be interesting to figure out. Man, Brad, the, the, the problem is with this team, we've always said you got to outscore. We got to outscore everybody. You know, we're going to have to just score more points on the team and just, it's going to be 140 to 141. That's how we're going to win our basketball games. But we can't score. That's the problem. We're, we can't score. Like, we can score, but we have literally an offensive liability in Ben Simmons. Well, he doesn't have to be. By no means does he have to be an offensive liability. It's all in his own head. He's making himself a liability. Fouling out of games, like, just unnecessarily. Man, I... Katie's going to ask for another trade. And once he does... I'm out of here. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm gone. I'm gone. I, I, it was nice, but I'm gone. I, I just I don't I don't see a world where this team turns it around. Um, the morale seems down already. Um, ben Simmons can't play the five, but he also can't play with a five. I just don't see a, a world where this team works together. So let's talk about Ben Simmons because that's one of the reasons that it's just thus far it, it looks under it looks underwhelming. And I say underwhelming because when you see Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and KD on a graphic, you're like, oh, this this could be really interesting. And I think they probably will end up figuring some things out. Possibly if they could get more stops, they probably get out in transition. That's something that could be unlocked there. Um, there's different things you can do with screens and such with those guys. But okay, right now Ben Simmons through these three games is basically averaging five fouls a game. So small sample size. I will say in the Grizzlies game, because I, I, I went, I wanted to see what type of foul the, fouls they were. Was he getting caught in between with all the with all the tests that he has on defense? I would say in the Grizzlies games, there was there was a lot of fouls that I was just like, uh, I don't I don't really know if yeah, it was, was soft, yeah, yeah, there was at least 
two or three where I was just going, that's not that's not really the, the problematic fouls. But nonetheless, he's averaging five right now because he is having to set screens. That's where a lot of them came from was setting screens. I think they were soft fouls, but still, that's something he's going to be asked to do, especially in, in this in this new role with them. He is averaging seven assists, is averaging six rebounds, but with the fouling and averaging six points a game. And you know, when he is attacking the rim, it's not really – it's not aggressive – uh, when there is a lane, it's not really aggressive. He made a good pass the other day that seemed like he could have dunked it, but he made a good pass nonetheless. Specifically in the Grizzlies game, one of his turnovers, um, which he's averaging four of, by the way, right now, one of his turnovers was typical Ben Simmons problems, where I think he had the ball on the wing, and you had, I think he was trying to get the ball to Kyrie. And what do you do when Ben Simmons has the ball a certain you know, distance away from the basket. You play off of him. You play off of him. Yeah. And look for he's he's not looking at the rim. He ain't looking at shoes. Looking to pass. Try to get an overhead pass. That's a steal because you just don't. You know, he commands no respect on that end. So I am interested to see. I still want more of a sample size. I'm not fully giving up on the squad yet. I'm not giving up on anybody. A couple of games through the season, but there's like a lot. They they need a lot more from him. I can understand. It's like. With him being with the Nets, it's kind of almost the best and worst thing, right? Because on one hand, you look and say, oh, well, Ben is probably not that number two guy that we wanted him to be when he was playing with Joel Embiid. Maybe he's just not going to be that second superstar. But on the other hand, playing with Kyrie and KD almost feels like it absolves him of any real responsibilities. Because you just say, okay, well, those are the two guys that need to go get 40. Those are the two guys that need to go score. I could just do everything else. And so far, I think that's kind of translated into a, a lack of aggression. So... It is going to be fun to see how they fix it going forward, but man, they have some. Like you just said, uh, I, I think they. I mean, go, yeah, go ahead, go. Ahead. They're they're like so. So if you take if you take Ben Simmons off this team, how much worse is this team? The, right. the, the entire reason why we made this trade was to solve the problems that we had on the defensive yeah. end, and we're not even. This team is not that much better with Ben Simmons, if better at all. It might be worse. Yeah, because defensively, like you said, it's probably not really going great in terms of in terms of the big spots right now. But then also, I don't know how many times I've watched Ben Simmons and ever seen people really in his. I almost said prime Ben Simmons. Uh, I didn't really mean, it, but um, in his defensive when he was top defensive player in the league, I don't know how many times I really ever saw guys turn the corner on him. And last night, I think I saw it twice. Desmond Bain just burned him like out there. You know, Ben's putting the pressure on him. And Simmons got a, uh, or sorry, Bain just got a straight drive to the basket. To be fair, Bain killed everyone last night. Basically. Yeah. He had 38 yeah. points. Um, but there again, right, some of the defensive problems. Royce O'Neal, one of the people they got uh, to be solid on defense, he got back cut twice by Desmond Bain. I mean, killed on, on yeah. the straight, like Steph Curry school of cuts. He got killed on that, but then trying to have Claxton guard these pick and rolls, which when you had. KD, Kyrie, and Harden, and defense didn't really matter as much. I was like, all right, if Claxton can just be solid, that's a huge thing for Brooklyn. That's all they need. Now they kind of need him to be better at that. And in the Grizzlies, I I counted about four open shots in a very small time slot for Bain last night because they essentially had Nick Claxton in drop. And so Steven Adams is killing everybody on screens, by the way. Even if he doesn't actually make contact with it, guys are struggling to get around him. And so, yeah, Claxton in a drop and then trying to contain that Steven Adams drive. And Desmond Bain was getting wide open for threes. So three-point shots, getting uh, into the paint. 
the Nets can score with anybody. KD and Kyrie both had 37 last night, right? I believe uh, 37. A, yeah, 37 like apiece. Yeah, yeah. That that's gonna happen. Those two were gonna kill. But like you said, the a whole part that Ben Simmons is supposed to bring to this a little bit more offensive aggression and definitely more defense. Um, right now, the experiment is absolutely not going great, and it's not even the thing where you just say, "Oh, well, we don't have Seth Curry. Don't judge us right now." Seth Curry doesn't necessarily fix the issues that you got. That's just another. Yeah, player. no. Um, so that's gonna be fun. that's gonna be interesting to uh to to watch. They play the Bucks. We will be doing a watch party for the Bucks uh, tomorrow. Jesus, already time is just flying. Yeah, we're gonna be doing, and that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be real fun because Giannis. We already saw him this week. That speaking of catching your eye, the, the what was that? He scored against the Rockets a cool like forty something and twenty something minutes, and yeah, he absolutely dogged Houston out. That was it. Looked like he was playing with with children. Um, but speaking of Houston, had you had you paid attention at all to, to Jalen Green? Is that someone had, that had caught your eye this week at all? Yeah, I watched. Um, watched. Of course, I watched a little bit of the Jazz game last night. Um, Jalen Green's looking pretty solid. I'm I'm a little disappointed in Jabari so far. You know, he's kind of he, he looks a little bit like a role player right now. Um, he's kind of he's kind of just very very stagnant in his movement, not really attacking the basket with aggression. You know, most of his points are catching shoot threes and stuff like that. Um, but overall, Jalen's looking pretty good. KPJ is looking pretty good. Um, Jalen, Jalen, I think Jalen has the potential to be something great. He just has to figure out the mentality aspect of it because I seen, for example, last night, like him and him and uh, Jabari were, were going at it. Like I was like, oh my goodness. But yeah, I think Jalen's gonna be pretty solid. Yeah, so Jabari Smith, we have a rookie watch section, so I would definitely uh, probably touch on Jabari. Hasn't been the most impressive rookie, obviously. But at least, you know, a couple of games in, last night was easily his best performance. I believe he had 21-9 to go with a, a couple of blocks. So, you know, we'll see if he if he begins to figure it out because I think there's two rookies that are probably standing out from the pack at the moment. Um, as far as Jalen Green, man, I'm excited because the one thing I wanted to see with Jalen Green after year one was how the addition and improvement of that three-point shot works into his game. We yeah, he's knocking he, it down, yeah. Yes, he already has yeah. the uh, the first step. We know how quick he is. We know how athletic he is. That wasn't really taking him forward in the first half of last season. So far, seven attempts per game, Jalen Green is shooting threes at 48%. And for those of y'all who haven't caught any Rockets tape, they aren't just, uh, oh, good ball movement, catch and shoot three. No, he is giving people buckets. I'm talking like side steps, um, you know, getting to his spot on the three-point line. Uh, if he comes off of a pick and roll, he's able to shoot. He's not afraid to kind of just sidestep if he's created space. That's huge. Already averaging, uh, if I hadn't said, 24 points a game. The, the Rockets obviously aren't expected to win anything this year, but this is why I had Houston stock before I even uh, knew who they were drafting this year. I bought that because I was just going, okay, they're going to be bad for a while. They're going to accumulate talent. And, you you know, you have Kevin Porter. I'm assuming Eric Gordon will eventually be moved for different pieces or whatever, whatever's going to happen with that. He looked he looked like he didn't give a damn about that fight. He did not care. That's something that probably happens with uh, every every squad, guys arguing. But, yeah, this early and to be between two young guys was interesting. Nobody ever remembered that in, in two weeks unless it becomes an, a regular occurrence. But, yes, Jalen Green caught my eyes. We'll be on Jalen Green watch all year because he's absolutely – um, that that three was like the only thing offensively that I think yeah. really really needed a lot of work aside from decision making and all that. You add that, boy, it's about to get scary. Speaking of scary, I guess man, so many things got my eye. Um, like I said, we'll be going to rookie watch a little bit later. 
So, as it pertains to the Pacers, I'm going to try to stick with Halliburton. Because so far, just in the first week, my most improved player, uh, thing, it's it's on its head. I had Anthony Edwards, who's not have, had a great start to the season. We might talk about that a little bit later. But Halliburton is looking crazy. We knew it was going to be good playing that was my the Pacers. Pick. That, was your, that was your pick, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, that was my pick. pick. That was your pick. So, the thing that's going on with, with Halliburton... Um, First of all, I'm, I've always been happy that he got traded from Sacramento. I wanted to see him at Fox on different teams for very obvious reasons. Now he's got the ball all the time. Malcolm Brogdon isn't even there, so he doesn't have to have possessions where he's standing on the wing or in the corner or whatever. Anyways, uh, hit the percentage of his shots so far in these three games that have been assisted on are way down. Uh, you look at his first year in Sacramento, the 52% of his buckets were assisted on. Set. Uh, second year was 37%. It's down to 18% in these first few games. Reese is cooking, and it's weird, right? Because he has, we, we all know the thing people said about him when the, when the, um, when, when he came into the league was that his form wasn't going to translate. It was already translating from catching and shooting, but he's putting the ball on the floor now and somehow getting that off. That's like, it, you see him coming off of screens and, and shooting from the mid and such. Uh, he's had a couple of double doubles. Yeah, Reese caught my eye for obvious reasons. I'm sure, I'm sure he's caught yours too. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, Another thing with Reese is his shot creation looks a lot better this year. Like, see him hit, like hitting a couple like baseline fades, and I seen him like I don't remember who it was, but yeah, somewhere on the wing, Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart. <laughs> yeah, somewhere on the wing, bink bink step back. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's definitely looked a lot better this season. For sure, he's you know the bag is getting deeper, but also he could do a lot of this as well in previous seasons because he's been able to shoot from distance. The shot has been working since day one. I made a video a couple of games into his career. The shot has been working since day one. It's the it's you know the the control off of pick and rolls and getting the baseline shots like you said, or even hitting some contested shots that's really getting me. And then we know his his distribution game as a point guard is I think it's going to be amongst the top in the league right now. Uh, Reese, as far as assists per game, I actually don't. Have have that up right now but i'm pretty sure it's high he's had two or three yeah, it's, it's high he's, he's having a lot of assists and considering the pacers team that he's playing with like that is very impressive to be having that amount of assists because yeah, it's not a great team right now Either, although he does have a bit of offensive talent to work with it's not like it's an amazing team or anything but yes he's had the floater in his game so when he comes off a of pnr he's either going to lob a pass to the big man or he's going to you know find somebody on the wing or he's going to float it up like he, he the bag is deep uh recently yeah. his first games is averaging basically 10 assists so 24 and 10 through the first four games small sample but i would say this is pretty much expected um the pacers are not going to win a lot of games but he is going to get a lot of reps matherin who we'll be talking about later is going to get a lot of reps and right now, out of the, it's so hard not to step on the topics we have later. But the Pacers and the Magic, God damn it, whatever. They're basically the only team doing this right. You have your young talent do really well, but you don't win games. That's the key. Because if the Pacers end up with Wimbenyama, uh, Matherin, and Reese, that could get very, very scary. That would be some shit. Um, insane. That's besides the Pelicans. That that would be the dream. But yeah, so Reese is absolutely killing it right now. So we're, I basically on the flip side of that most play, most improved player conversation, I I did mention Ant, who so far has not had a great start to the season. It, it kind of just happened and it's just making its way around the internet. So I don't know if you would saw. I didn't send it to the group. Did you see Cat's comments about uh about Anthony Edwards and like his? I seen it on habits? Twitter, but I didn't I didn't click on the video, so I don't know what he said. Okay, yeah. So we we don't really have to dive into it that much. He basically, or or maybe you can have an initial reaction. He basically said that uh. 
So it's Cat trying to be a leader. They asked him about the team and things that are happening right now. And uh, he talked about Ant specifically. And he, he basically just said that, oh, um, you know, it kind of falls on me as a leader to, to give these guys advice. Like uh, maybe Anthony Edwards with his eating habits. I, I don't I know y'all find it funny when he gets up here and talks about Popeyes, but I, I don't really find that funny. And so but that falls on me to to kind of maybe, you know, teach him how to take care of his body. That was among along the lines of what he said. And so that's kind of making its its ways around. It. I saw your face. You had a pretty visceral reaction. That sounds like a troll. No, no, I thought, you know, I thought it, it would that it, sound like a troll. That sounds like one of them, like the copy pastas that they put under the tweets. Like Anthony Edwards and his eating habits, like that is insane. You don't say that about your teammate. I don't care, bro. Yeah, like I said, bro. Cat is the definition of a turkey cut from the Al Horford cloth. The Al, Al Horford ain't no damn turkey, bro. No Al, no Al Horford's Al Horford slender shall prosper. Uh, but yeah, it, it is Cat trying to do his leader thing. Um, that he that he steps into every so now often, and you know you see it come out in interviews. And uh, yeah. yeah, I, I thought that was. We'll talk about the Wolves, actually, because that caught my eye this week. Uh, yeah, that, that is an interesting comment to have about your teammate in the media, especially when it's just like whatever whatever cloth he is cut from, it's not really the leadership cloth, I don't think. It's not because there are certain players that could probably get this comment off and know how to deliver it and also probably not say that exact thing but still get their point across. But whatever, basketball-wise, Cat is so far – that's the other part, right? If Cat was out here just uh, no pun intended eating, then that that would be one thing to say that. But he – and I, I already said I was worried about this because he lost so much weight with all the sicknesses he was dealing with throughout the offseason. He's come in and he's, he's – not great right now um he's, he's pretty much averaging lows and everything four games the wolves are two and two he's averaging 20 points and eight rebounds both literally almost career lows both of those are almost career lows um field goal percentage is down to 41 percent three point percentage down to 31 percent and the defense does not look great which is uh kind of what i tried to uh, what i was going to ask mike about last week when y'all were having the the gobert and, and wolves defensive conversation it doesn't look incredible so NBA teams, the book is already out that if you can, you know, engage Gobert, and you already know a lot of the times they're going to have him in a drop coverage or whatever. But really, if you can gauge Gobert, get him in rotation, that's pretty much the key to minimizing his defensive impact. Don't just go straight up at him and have him at the room with his hands up. He can do that. So, but it's kind of twofold because I feel like in some of the Wolves footage I'm watching, it's Rudy and it's Cat trying to move their feet and trying to make rotations. And then sometimes, like, you had the Spurs last night. Um, I think the Wolves might have been in a zone, and Gobert and Cat were kind of engaged in this play. And then uh, Keldon Johnson's open on the wing, and it's confusion about who's supposed to run out there. But they're both bigs, and you don't want either one of them out there. This is not really the, their their uh, their expertise. It's, uh, it's concerning so far. Um, that's caught my eye. What are you thinking so far about Rudy Gobert and the Wolves? Who, by the way, Rudy just uh, is averaging like 15 and 18 and whatnot. But, uh, uh, empty, what empty, is. empty. No basis. <laughs> nah, but um, I I mean, this is what this is my concern. This is my concern. You, you're still getting walked by, as one would say, with uh, D'Angelo Russell. Um, Anthony Edwards is the best defender. Um, you do have Danny McDaniels. Oh, which, Jalen, whichever one it is. Um, but you take a guy and Carthy Towns and put him at the four. So that's already a liability there. And this defensive guy that's supposed to be, you know, uh, impacting the defense so much has obvious, like, there's a blueprint out there on how to exploit him. A literal blueprint. 
never failed. Never failed blueprint on how to stop him. He's not going to do nothing on the offensive end either. I mean, I can see if it was Giannis or something. He switched on the guards and he's harassing them, but it's not. He's not. So there's a very obvious blueprint to exploit him. On top of everybody else being a defensive liability, on top of, you know, him not being able to produce much of anything on the offensive end, I called it. I knew it was going to happen. Eight seed. <laughs> yeah, I had them as an eight seed because I thought it would probably take just for those two to get their offensive and defensive uh, wires right. I thought I was like, give me a 20 game sample. And with that, I, I pretty much had them as a seed. I thought overall the product would look better because uh, I assumed Ant was going to be taking a year three step, which man, it's four games right now, but doesn't look right at the moment 25 percent from three um teammate at the podium talking about his eating habits that's just you know it's a lot of fuckery right now happening with minnesota as it as it goes to the numbers with gobert y'all know i like to troll a little bit with the gobert agenda yeah he, he played poku at center for his first game so it was literally high school it was like he played in a high school game i don't know why they did that to, to poor poku on the thunder but um that happened they, they played the jazz and they got beat by them and morkin and Yo, he got him on one play. He dunked on him. Not terribly, but he dunked on him. Then he almost cooked him for the game winner. He got this close. He had I needed that one. Yeah, Kobe wanted that one so bad. We were actually doing a watch party with that. Uh, Gobert slipped out there on the perimeter trying to guard him. It's, it's not, bro. This is what I was worried about. Again, I, I, it's like once it's done and Edwards, I, I was hoping he kind of took the jaw year three route, and I still hope he does. It's like once you have the finished product by the end of the year and you think about what they were last year, it's saying this team could be dangerous. I never called them a championship team. I was saying they could be dangerous. But I will continue to watch how this defensive thing happens with Cat and Gobert because, bro, they're going to see a lot of small lineups. And so Rudy's going to be able to get his rebounds, whatever. He's going to get 15, 18 rebounds. We know that's going to happen. Um, hell, he's probably even going to get his putbacks off of those and get up to 15 points. All that stuff is going to happen. But if him and Cat are like happy feet trying to make these rotations and trying to chase around guys who were shooting threes and all of that. Like that's both of your big men. Normally it's just Rudy. It's like both of your big men. It's uh it's it's not encouraging. So not encouraging start from the wolves for the first four games. But um you know we'll we'll continue to see how it goes and and monitor the morale because that that at whatever you think about the cat comment, you can at least acknowledge that was a pretty weird moment. That was that was not that was not the right word choice. Yeah, not at all. Like, uh, just, it just kind of strange. I get what he was trying to say, and I get the road he's trying to take. He sounds like he's trolling. He literally sounds like he's trolling. He sounds like he's trolling. Yeah. But he's dead serious. Yeah, it was, um, you know, trying to take command, I guess. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it keeps going. Uh, A team that's not trolling, again, we talked a little bit about Desmond Bain. What even is Ja Morant right now, bro? This I have a Ja video coming out, pro- hopefully at the end of this week for you know his his career type thing, not career recap, but whatever. That's a different story, bro. What is Ja Morant right now? This is wild. Through the first four games of the season, I wanted as to a as a as a wise man once said, meet Steph Curry with a forty inch vertical. <laughs> he is lighting it up right now. He is lighting it up. Insane jump, bro. His shooting is insane right now. Tom Morant is averaging thirty-five points a game through four. Um, I could read his game lines, but just look, just know that his game logs look like video game numbers right now. You can pretty much attain that through that just that average alone. But thirty-five points, four rebounds, seven assists, three-point percentage at five attempts per game is at sixty percent. Once again, 
and, and field goal percentage at 54%. These are not just catch-and-shoot threes. These are, I'm giving you a bucket if you fall asleep threes. As in, you, you might be afraid of my drive, but here I am uh, coming off of this screen. There's a little bit of space I'm letting that go. I wanted to see that for Jalen. Any player that has crazy athleticism, I want to see that develop. With Jaw, that is the biggest, biggest, biggest thing. I, I Probably number two on my list was outside of him having a floater. I wanted to see maybe some legit mid-range work just because of what happened in that Grizzly series and um, how effectively the Grizzlies were able to Sorry, in the Timberwolves series, and how effective the Timberwolves were at at were at keeping uh, him without two feet in the paint. Basically, he could not get two feet in the paint most of that series. He was effective in the Warriors when the defense the defense changed. I thought the Timberwolves had that on lock. So I had been saying that all throughout the season. Really, what, what did he shoot last year from three thirty four percent? So it's it pretty average. I was like, he needs to be good at that off the dribble. He is killing that right now. His drives and his finishes somehow seem even better at the moment this is basically what i i I hoped we would have seen if derrick rose hadn't torn his acl this is like the progression i would have liked to have keep seeing the jump shot get way better him just putting all parts of his game together and uh yeah it's way too early to be talking about mvps but i did mention last week i thought we were going to hear his name out there for sure just because they uh don't have jared jackson that's the defensive backbone and so the big thing is like how does memphis you know hold up without that and oh gosh they had to play without dylan brooks for a minute too which may be a plus depending on how you look at it but still they had they had two guys a lot of y'all probably wouldn't uh wouldn't recognize out there in their starting lineup for these games so the jaw is is set up that that narrative was already there for him with the with the mvp but absolutely killing it so far memphis at the moment is one of those teams that's up there as well they're three and one so they're not missing a beat yeah jaw jaw caught my eye by far and you know that, that's always must see tv that was I mean, must see tv last season he's my mvp right now easily he yeah he, if there was a race at the moment he's absolutely leading it and um yeah it's, you know that can just go right in line with the sixers actually because my mvp pick this year was Embiid. he did put 40 on the spurs and a loss that's one of the teams the the, the spurs one of the few teams that the Spurs have beaten so far. And, yeah, I had it typed down here as Sixers, what are you doing? Because they they got they picked up their win against Indiana, but they have not looked good to start this season. I had them as a fourth seed. I believe you and Mike both were a bit lower on them. Unless you had – I look at – I, I had them I – I think I had them higher, bro. I, I don't yeah, know I why I did. Yeah. yeah. I think you had them third. Philly, I, I know what I think about them. What have have you thought about them in this pretty slow start that they've had? Which again, they might erase. But uh, thus far, what what had been the thoughts that you accumulated throughout the first seven days of six years? They, they really cannot like they just can't defend. They just simply can't defend. They are relying on really one to two guys outside of Embiid, um, like Dan. Uh, Anthony Melton and P.J. Tucker, they're relying on them to defend. And P.J. Tucker, he's old. He's old, very old. <laughs> so, and on, on the offensive end, uh, what's it called? Joel Embiid has looked awful. Not awful, but he has not looked himself at all. Like, he has, I mean, he had a 40-point game, but he's, just, he's getting the ball way too high. He's not getting low enough. He's settling in for a lot of turnaround fadeaways. Um, Harden looks okay, but, I mean, if, if he's going to score 30, he's also going to give up 40. So, I mean... They just they I I don't really see a world where this team turns it around and wins the championship, especially considering you got Doc Rivers coaching that team. I seen this coming. I don't know why I had him at third because I knew I, like 
But I feel like the Sixers are one of those teams you look at them and you're like, okay, they're okay, but you know they're not going to win a championship. Like, they're just not. They, they, don't, they just don't have it. They don't have the dog. They have no dog. They're not going to win a championship. They can't defend. I will, yeah, I would definitely plant my flag that I don't believe they're going to win a championship this year. I never really thought that. I will keep my fourth prediction, um, just because I think they can be a better regular season team. But as far as being a championship team, in this first week, they have very clear flaws that I don't think just get fixed by playing better basketball. So, like, number one, first of all, thank God they have P.J. Tucker, because if that's the one option that they have right now in terms of and it's it's not even really that great of an option to be your only option but for instance in that Celtics game they basically it Tatum cooked but they had him on Tatum if you don't have him on on Tatum who else are you giving a chance because they're not playing Matisse Thibault Matisse Thibault through the first uh and I don't believe he played in the let me just make sure I, I don't believe he played in the the Pacers game either um, I don't know if he's seen a minute of action. Yeah, he played two minutes. So he played two minutes in the Basers game. It, Matisse Thibault's in the doghouse right now. Um, yeah, that's your defender. But yeah, in the playoffs, we already know he's a decoy. And guys are going to be playing you four and five. So Doc is going to make him earn those minutes at some point. That's what he said. Said he'll have a chance at some point. But So there goes one of your only other wing defenders. That's problem number one. Number two, the part with Harden, we all know Harden is not a good defender. But to this, especially in that Celtics game, in that first game, it was flat out insulting. The one iota of Harden defense you get always is like that low post. If somebody tries to back him down, he can he can hold he can hold that down a little bit. But everything else is so bad, bro. He's gonna get beat off the dribble. Off ball, he is sleep. What game did they lose because he didn't beat? Uh, God, who who what, what close game was that the other day? It was a close game, and Harden got cut because he was sleep. He was looking in the paint. Dude cut right behind him and tied the game. Uh, it's sleeping my mind right now. I think he called Embiid to rotate there. Uh, but either way, he, he was not looking whatsoever. He had hey, Grayson Allen, the Bucks. There you go. Fuck, it was the Bucks. Yeah, Grayson Allen, Grayson Allen hit him on a mean cut. That was kind of on him and Embiid. But yeah, so we already know. I'm beating a dead horse talking about Harden's defense. It's not good. But aside from that Pacers game, Embiid, and that's the Pacers again. Embiid's defense has not been good either so far. He is lacking a lot of energy, like you said. Aside from that 40-point game against San Antonio, he, like, that was a perfect point. Caught the ball very far from where he should be catching it in that Boston game. And it, it seems like the Celtics were able to successfully defend him as a small team. They would show him. Hope my camera didn't cut off. We should be good. Yeah, he um, they were able to, to show him bodies and show him that, hey, help is coming, and he just kind of got it, and he either settled for a jump shot or he passed it away. Didn't even bother trying to collapse the defense in, which kind of seems like a thing that you would do, but to the Celtics' credit in that game when their, their defense, at least their scheme, was was pretty solid um, and keeping it from being effective. He's missed, he, he's been short on a lot of his jumpers that normally go. Um, so offensively, those are things that I, th I hope he'll figure out. I had him as MVP. I hope he figure those out. But offensively, it hadn't looked great um, for a lot of the week. But defensively, also in space, he had been lost quite a bit as well. Very low effort, low energy on that end. Um, late on rotating to certain places. And overall, just not being the, the two-way superstar you would expect. So we've seen guys play themselves in the shape throughout seasons. Luka is an example of that. Uh, we'll see how, how far it goes with, uh, with Harden. But... I mean, with, with Embiid. But, yeah, so that's that's another problem. And then final one is the bench. I think the bench has had a good game for the Sixers so far. Would you look at Philly's bench? Oh, that's one of the other problems besides because I have one more after that. When you look at Philly's bench, where do you get production here? Like, yeah, D'Anthony Melton, 
and I guess you hope Daniel House hits some shots. And then I mean, other than that, I mean, it's it's gonna have to be Maxi with a lot of that unit. Yeah, when or Maxi or Harden. Yeah, but basically. On top of that, even if it is Maxi, I'm not sure how confident I am in Maxi's half court creation. You know, so you haven't been impressed with that throughout the week. Yeah, yeah, like Ma- Maxi, a lot of his buckets are just you know getting out transition, fast break buckets. I mean, he he can score in the half court for sure, but. He definitely, there's definitely a step that he needs to take. So that's, yeah, that's exactly where I was going. Um, outside of the bench, I was going to say, I hope, you hope Niang hit some shots. It's really a lot of hope on that bench. It's hope, it's hopes and prayers right now for who, for who's scoring. And I saw somebody in my chat actually recommend that they put Maxi in the second unit, but I'm not sure if that helps right now because it's kind of like, what is Philly doing to help him get buckets in the half court? Because a lot of the times, ah, Actually, mm, I don't have the uh, Nakaias posted a perfect stat. Uh, it's showing the touches between when Harden got traded to the Sixers last year, that that little bit that he got to play with them, and how it looks this year. And it, sh- it was a, it was the uh, the touches, so it was pretty evenly distributed last season when he first got traded there. This year, it's like Harden's touches and then everybody else by a mile, which is kind of like the Harden stamp of a team, right? He's playing good, but he's also playing Harden basketball, which is, I'm going to dribble. I'm going to dribble. Yeah. And then the screen will probably come eventually. That's the one thing that I think that they have that works really well is Harden and Embiid PNR because teams have to figure out what they're going to do when both of them are headed downhill and you know Harden can hit a floater or draw a foul or pass like that that's that's a good thing but again a championship team's only offense is not just pnr between two guys you can't just do that all season and and expect yeah. to be taken seriously um but yeah a lot of dribbling going on and that takes away from maxi's game i thought that when they first got together maxi and harden that was the most exciting dynamic because they were playing off of each other really well but you're right right now for maxi it's a lot of transition or he catches somebody sleep catches somebody's body position wrong and makes a run for the rim, makes a beeline for the rim, or maybe he gets an open-looking shot, or he starts forcing shots because he hadn't had one in a while, so as soon as he gets the ball, he's putting that hole up. But there's not a whole lot of, hey, Maxi get the ball and someone come screen for him, or just, you know, design sets, basically, to get him involved. So, yeah, the more Harden, this becomes like a Harden-centric team, his numbers will do better. He will do better, and he'll probably look closer to what we call a prime Harden. But the rest of the team, like, we already know that's not really championship basketball, and uh, Maxi will be extremely frustrated with that, I, I think, because it's going to kind of stump what he can offer. Do you think it would change anything? Would you be for putting Maxi? But if you put Maxi on the bench, who, what are you going to start? You going to start Melton then? Like that was a yeah. Question. I mean, and then I, you get I get you get a little bit better defensively, but offensively you're still very stagnant. I just I feel like there's no way for this Embiid Harden thing to work because Harden's only effective when he feels like oh I have the green light I can just go down. And shoot whenever, however many shots. I'm getting all these touches, and by that you're limiting a B. But if you if you just give the ball to Embiid down low every time, you're limiting a Harden. So I don't I don't really Harden can't work off ball. He can't be that number two guy in my opinion because he just he just doesn't have it in him. Like when he tries to do that, he just struggles. So I don't I don't think this duo will be able to work together. 
that has been the challenge this week is having both of them have great games at the same time. I think it happened once, but the rest of it was kind of like gear turn, you're shooting well or I'm shooting well. It was kind of that it's kind of that dynamic. So outside of the PNR, yeah, you do wonder what's the ceiling? Is there a championship ceiling for this? I, I still think it, it has a lot to do with how Harden plays, the style that he plays, and then the team around him. That that's just such a big thing at the moment cuz yeah, they got more than one thing to uh to figure out to take them uh, to take them further, to take them further. Um, I don't think that, like you said, that maxi switch onto the bench, I don't think that uh, uh, immediately fixes it. I believe they could still end up with the top four seed and end up winning games off of the strength of Harden and Embiid. But, yeah, it was it was a very underwhelming, very underwhelming start. So we'll continue, continue to uh, monitor that Philly situation, but that definitely caught my eye. Um <laughs> Are we at that part already? I'm gonna save that for last. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna save them for last. Um, I like I like Pascal Siakam this week a lot. That's something. Uh, he he might be taking another step, and I feel like we tend to forget Pascal because remember in the 2019 after the 2019 finals we kind of expected him to be that dude remember he, during that playoff run and everything we kind of yeah. expected him to be who he really is becoming but i had to give him a shout out because not only is he cooking on offense and, and the bag is deep he works on that every summer he's one of the guys that you see his training videos and it, it visibly affects how he plays the next season uh, his playmaking as well has has been really nice on this raptors team you know seeing a double coming and hitting the open guy making plays for others it's literally it's literally not just him spinning in the jump shots he He's making plays for a, a lot of this Raptors team as well, um, and they they have looked pretty. They, 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 the team overall has kind of looked how I expected so far, but um, I like Siakam this week. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. He, um, I, I think that the biggest step I've seen is, is his playmaking. He's having like seven assists right now. Um, he's having double digit rebounds, so he's he's really showing he can truly play that center position fairly well. Um, and that's another reason why I had this team in the playoffs because I believe that, you know, they play a newer style of basketball. They, they play long, linky, fast. I think he adds a lot to that team. He's, his scoring has taken another jump. Um, he no longer has that label of, you know, spin cycle. Only got one move in his bag. Like, he's actually getting in his bag now. So I, I'm really impressed with Siakam so far. Yeah, no, I've, I've absolutely loved it. It's uh, It's through this first week, 27, 10, and 7 for him as far like those are those are star star numbers right now yeah Four game sample size but it matches the eye test as well playing 38 gate 38 minutes a game at the moment uh it, it that, those all match the eye test i want to see him keep that up i don't want there to be a, a fall off two or three weeks from now we're not talking about spicy p because this is he, he can keep this up and get the second all-star appearance of his career um as far as toronto as a team i will you know continue to monitor it. scotty barnes has picked up some injuries this week but i that's the team i kind of had fighting just in this Eastern Conference, maybe fighting for a playing spot, but who knows? Because I also uh, didn't see Siakam taking this type of leap this year. He's still, God damn, he's 28. He's not technically young, but uh, yeah, good week for Spicy P. I'm kind of rushing this section, if you can't tell, because we, we just have funny stuff to talk about. Lakers, what the fuck you doing, bro? <laughs> what are y'all doing? What is happening in La La Land? For those of y'all who listen to this podcast regularly, you know, we... we now, it might just become a regular season thing where we um, take a look at the Lakers' slow descent into hell. It's an 0-3 week for them so far. Problems everywhere. We already know Westbrook is going to come up in that, but they have more problems than just Russell Westbrook. They lost to the Clippers. They lost to the Warriors. Two good teams. And then they lost to the uh, the Blazers. 
So it's fascinating because obviously that Warriors loss was expected. The Clippers didn't play good. That's the one thing where people say, "Oh, but the Lakers were in these games." The Clippers didn't have a great game, bro. That was not. That was not. And that's not the best version of the Clippers. It, we, we're a far way away from the best version of the Clippers because they're paying. They have this really weird load managing um, minutes rotation for Kawhi Leonard. So it's a strange thing there. Uh, but John Wall, we'll talk about. I guess we'll, I didn't even have the Clippers here, but we'll talk about them a little bit too. And then you lose that game to the Blazers that they had won. Seeing them lose that game actually hurt my soul because going oh uh, going 0-3 on your week that way was brutal. Everything we we already expect them to not be that great. They're finally about to pick up their first win, and they had that game won. And the Blazers are four and zero now. They had that game won. Darvin Ham checked Russell Westbrook back in. League gone. They, and that's not the full story. LeBron took some bad shots. Yada yada. League. Gone. Lakers, what are you doing? I'm a. What'd you see from the Lakers this week? And then I'll go because it's only been three games, so it, their season's not dead yet. But uh, boy, nothing is encouraging in this 2022 sequel right now. This team is like they're they're actually bad. Like they're just not. Oh no, they're bad. This is a bad basketball team. This is downright bad basketball team. They on offense, they're not really running that, and they're kind of going like the Brooklyn Nets style, like. Oh, you get a shot now. You get a shot now. You get a shot. And it's not working at all. I don't have the players for that. On a defensive end, I get. I mean, I guess it's good defense. Maybe you could say it's strength of schedule. I guess they're playing good defense. But then you got to look at the side of, okay, how long is AD going to be healthy for? So when AD goes down, what happens to that defense? So overall, they cannot score the basketball. They can't shoot. I'm not even. I'm going to hold my tongue on Westbrook because, goodness gracious. He's he's already got enough slack. He he. Everybody knows what his problems are. He he isn't a championship point guard. Never will be. That's, that's all I'm gonna say. I mean, all season say, long, I, I will refer y'all to my uh, Los Angeles Lakers season preview because I, I, you know, I, I don't think it was. I'm not even gonna give myself credit for. It. I don't think any of this was hard to see. I looked at their roster and I said, "What the hell is this around LeBron and AD? It's terrible. It's a lot of guys who do things that don't." really matter around LeBron and AD because whatever they do they don't hit shots and so there's that that's the very obvious part top defensive rated to as far as last night anyways they were the top defensive rated team in the league right now AD to be fair after he's flipped and busted his back and could barely walk he has been playing good defense. He had about six blocks in that Blazers game. He pretty much, he won that game for them. The, the game in the second half, he won that Blazers game for them. And then they lost it. So I know why he was mad because he started taking over on both sides of the ball. Uh, the Blazers, they don't have Gary Payton yet, but I don't think their defense is necessarily like impressive or good right now. But that's a different, we'll, we'll be talking about them. Um, so there's that. LeBron James, there is a conversation to be had there because he did start LeBroning at the end of that Blazers game. But to start the season, it and again, the team doesn't really fit, and there's not a lot of space, and the averages will tell you something different, but I don't know if LeBron has, I can't put my finger on it, but it hasn't been like the greatest, obviously, it's not the greatest version of LeBron that we've seen. He's getting older. I don't know. I'm just going to say there's something different right now. I'm just going to say there's something slightly different. I mean, I think he's just, he's he's lost a, a step. Not like a full step, but like half a step. He's lost half a step. Because he did get toasted on that last play uh when when jeremy grant 
Yeah, Jeremy Grant was the one who tied the game. Just beat no middle on him. Yeah, easy with no resistance. Just easy. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's a couple of offensive possessions where Braun and to be, also he was part of winning that game with the Blazers. He did one thing. Braun is going to do. He's still going to run into the middle of your chest and get an and one. Like that's happening. Um, but he took some bad shots at the end of that game. Now. The reason that he gets leeway for that, because people will go, oh, well, Westbrook took that horrible shot, but LeBron took horrible shots before him. But, okay, that's LeBron James. We've seen him do this before. We know what he's about in the clutch. We know we know what LeBron does, so he gets the leeway to take some bullshit and yeah. then just go on and not... Re- He'll probably still hear a flag from it from some people, whatever. Th- there's a difference between LeBron doing that, who's won championships and had many clutch moments, and Westbrook doing that, who had this exact moment happen before. I had a flashback. When Westbrook took that shot, with he was trying to get a two for one while they were up by one point. I I haven't heard of that, but whatever. I had a flashback to 2016 when he took a wild ass shot to try to uh, I I don't know extend the lead against the Warriors, and then Curry took it to the other end, and we all know his his famous shot. Because right after that Westbrook possession, what happened? Damian Lillard came in pretty much called. He pretty much gave them the gave. It, it would have been the game winner if they didn't have that unnecessary switch at the end. But either way, it, it was a flashback moment. Um, yeah, so you, you're pretty much right. We really don't have to go in on the whole Westbrook thing like that. But Pat Bev. Yeah, he's open for three for reasons in the corner. Takes it, misses it. Takes. That's the. I mean, that's the other thing, bro. People are telling him to stop shooting. They have no choice, no choice at all. They have to shoot the ball. They like they stop shooting, bro. They're just gonna sit there and just let the clock run out, bro. Because they have to shoot. They they have no choice, guys. I think that's another reason why Brown is struggling a little bit because he has no room to operate. You know what I'm saying? He's running into guys while he's trying to drive. Um, same. I guess you could say the same thing for Westbrook. I don't know, man. They just can't. They can't shoot the ball. That's the major problem. But with Russ, it comes like, bro, when he took that shot at the end of the game, I actually question whether he's throwing for his top for because he doesn't want to be fam. What, what situation is it ever? And you might, you really might think something different, but is that a thing going in that situation? What did they have? They had about 20 seconds on the shot clock left 30 on the game clock two for one while you're up one in a quick two for one. Like when is that a thing that that happens regularly? Oh, say he makes that shot. What? Why? Why not? Wouldn't it be more logical? 12 second difference on the shot clock. Let's say you make that same shot and there's 12 seconds left. The offense has less time to run their sets. It's, it's simple basketball. Rather than, okay, say you get two for one. And then, how, how, many, how much time would be? There would be three seconds difference if they ran the clock out on the other end. It would be like three seconds difference. So you, three seconds that you have to now finish the game. I'll say they hit a three. It, just, it makes no sense. And, this, and he's not thinking about all that. There's no way he's, think, he's thinking that far into it while he's dribbling down the court. All he sees is the rim, bro. That's all he sees. Nurkic didn't even guard it. He did that. Nurkic did that twice in that game. He didn't even guard him. Extremely disrespectful moments by Nurkic, by the way, who did that twice. Not just to Westbrook, but there was one where Anthony Davis was spaced in the corner for three. And Nurkic turned around and grabbed his face like this. And then AD hit the backboard. That was extremely disrespectful. But then for Westbrook, right? The the way I described it was, it was like the move you do to your little brother because you know in the front yard he's not strong enough to get the ball to the yeah. rim. So you just kind of like fake at him like that. That's what Nurkic did to him on a game-deciding play. He saw Westbrook running up, and Nurkic did that right there. And <laughs> they got the rebound. And I'm like, 
they wanted Russ to do that. They Everyone knew he was going to do that. They wanted him to do that. Once he did that, I really kind of felt, it really felt like he was throwing, bro. It felt like he was throwing. There was one other shot that he took like that that was ridiculous to me. It was obscure, and I didn't post it because I didn't want to pile on with the Westbrook hate. But in the Clippers game, the uh, something, I think it was, it might have been when AD got hurt, and the Clippers started to gain momentum. They go up 11 points. Russ brings the ball down the floor. Nothing happens yet. No PNR, nothing at all. They're guarding him with their center because that's what you do to Russell Westbrook these days. You put your big man on him because he can't hurt you. He's not going to drive and finish. He's not going to do anything. There's no shooters for him to kick to. He's not going to hurt you when you do that. This man saw Zubak, walked up about six seconds into the shot clock, and shot a shot a three. Nothing else happened the whole play. Momentum going the Clippers' way, shot a three, six seconds into the clock. And I was just like, that. I get that they were giving him that shot. But there's a reason they are giving him that shot. You can say, oh, it's an open three. He, he took it. Uh, they wanted him to do that. And more often than not, he is doing what they want him to. And it just goes back to him not fitting, right? Because like to your point, you said the Lakers have to shoot the ball. And that's exactly what the team, what teams are, are daring them to do. They have to beat them with defense. And LeBron and AD have to take over for them to win games. Yeah. And if those things don't last long enough, they don't win the game. It's, uh, it's brutal right now. I mean, I, I, I think it's to the point, and I, I, it's been past this point, we really have to look at Westbrook, and it's like he really is not self-aware, like, at all. He has zero self-awareness when it comes to the basketball court. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't for, for one, he doesn't realize that he's not the same guy that he was. And a lot of the stuff, like, I, I hate to bring this up, but, like, the hitting the side of the backboard and stuff that he be doing, like... It's so consistent that it make it makes I hate to say this, but it makes me question. All right, how much like it's gonna sound like ball don't stop. Like how much like pure skill did he really have? Oh, but you see what I'm getting at though. Like he, it's it's the same spot. It's like consistent. Like you know he's gonna he's he's good for at least one one off the backboard air ball, whatever it is. He's he's good for it. So it, it really makes me consider like. How much? How much pure skill has Westbrook really had his career? So let's so let's talk about this as it pertains to Westbrook because we know the Lakers suck. We knew why they were gonna suck, and they're terrible right now. We know Westbrook doesn't fit, and even if he is better than he's showing, it's never gonna show with the Lakers. It's really bad right now. He's down to ten points a game. I think he's shooting eight percent from three. It's it's horrific. All that right. Now, I saw something interesting because the obvious thing is you say, oh, the Lakers got to make a trade. They they have to make a trade. They have to do it soon, but. I did see a dissenting opinion on that, and they were going, well, do you want to tie up that much money next year in guys that may or may not really change this too much? For instance, I don't know if the deal is still on the table, but the Pacers, what is it? It's Russ and Picks for Miles Buddy Turner and, and Miles Turner. See, look, even after hearing the dissenting opinion, I don't know where you land on it. Even after hearing the dissenting opinion, though, I still am on the line of fam. First of all, you don't have much left of LeBron, and you can see LeBron is still great, and he's going to average a lot of points this year. But you can see at least a third of a step has come off. Even if, if you're just putting on the defensive end, like time is ticking. Like, you have LeBron and AD for this time. You have to maximize it. I think if if there is a trade on the table. Give a, you're in this situation now. I had said this last year. People were wanting an all-encompassing fixing trade for with, with this Westbrook thing. And I was like, it doesn't exist. It does not exist. There's no world where you trade Westbrook and you're not uh, stuck with money for the next few years or whatever. It, it, you, you made this trade. It wasn't a good trade. 
I, I'm on the side of if that's on the table, even if you don't think it's going to win them a championship or whatever, you got to do it because at this point, they're gearing up just on the track they're on right now. They're gearing up to not really even be a competitive team this year. They are one Anthony Davis slip away from being lottery, bro. Like at this rec at this rate. AD, if that slip had been any worse and he's out for 10 games, y'all are headed, y'all are giving Wimby to the Pelicans. You were an AD slip away from that. I'd make Man, a trade regardless. I mean, I would I wouldn't say I would bet money, but I won't look at you crazy if you bet money on the on Lakers being a lottery team. Like a, a severe lottery <laughs> oh team. Gosh, because man. we know we know AD's injury history, LeBron's own. I mean, who knows, bruh? It, they have they literally have to play perfect. While also not missing any games, for them not to be a lottery team, and they're perfect. What's prop? What the problem is? They're perfect, or close to their perfect is basically what we saw at the end of that Blazers game, and they still lost. Which, by yeah. the way, that that was also this whole thing. This was what I was talking about last year. For those of y'all that remember my old pods from talking about the the politics of guys making that much money. You have to think some of that was involved with Darvin Ham putting Russell Westbrook back in the game because they were doing good. They were doing good. Everything was fine. They were probably going to go on to win that game. His reasoning that he told us was he wanted more athletic uh, perimeter defending. That's why he put Westbrook in. And even if you got that, you knew what it was going to do to offense. You knew what his decision-making is like. So that directly contributed to them ending up losing that game. Even if you want to talk about LeBron's shots or whatever, they were fine up until that point. There was no reason to change it. But they did it regardless. It's uh, this look, If you want us to talk about other guys that were terrible too, yeah, whatever. Kendrick Nunn was terrible. Patrick Beverly said, but they're also not making $40 billion. And your whole season don't depend on whether they get traded or not. That's, that's just the truth about that. So we will update y'all on this uh, spiraling Lakers situation in another week I guess but it is boy that schedule man bro look it is just tough. before we end the the Lakers talk bro their schedule right now I should have had this pulled up they play the Nuggets tomorrow they play the Wolves after that they play the Nuggets again they play the Pelicans who yeah, hopefully they actually have their guys. They play the Jazz. They play the Cavaliers, who will probably have Darius Garland. Uh, oh, my God. They play the Jazz again. They play the Clippers. They play the Kings. They play the Nets. Uh, Pistons, Spurs, and then the Suns. So if you want to say like maybe the Timberwolves will not be good enough or the Nuggets, which version of the Nuggets you get, or if the Pelicans are healthy, they need a lot of things to go their way right now, or else they could, uh, they could end up maybe beating the Jazz once through this stretch. Like A lot of things have to have to change but hey you know what build on your defense that's all i got to say for the lakers um you know keep leaning on the defense and and hope lebron and ad can win you some games because uh it, it's not great right now rookie watch rookie watch this class is going to be ridiculous what are you thinking of the rook so far who has caught your eyes there um it's a close it's close but i say most impressive Got to be Benedict Matherin. That, so nice. No question, because you know we we expect Apollo to come in and and be ready, but Benedict he came in great rebounder by the way. He's he's having a great rebounder numbers. I mean overall he just he looks phenomenal, bro. Like he looks ready. Like he's he's not just like catching and shooting. All these are tough buckets he's getting. He's bullying people. Uh, Apollo looks very good too, though. Apollo's looking phenomenal as well. Here's the thing about Apollo. And so, um, I'm going to give a shout out to more rookies, but just starting with the obvious ones. Paolo Bancaro, even if he's not as efficient on some nights, he's getting to the free throw line, man. He's already, like, it, the way he uses his, his uh, strength and his body, just in these first few games, I was like, if 
feels like I'm watching a vet or a guy that's been in the league already. It does, it's not it's not very yeah. uh, indi- indicative of a guy who just who just played his first couple of games in the league. Um, just so I can check for accuracy with his free throw attempts per game right now, he's averaging nine free throw attempts per game in the uh, four games that he's played, up to 22 points. Like I said, field goal percentage at 42. percent But even then, he he's getting to the line very nicely. The level of skill that he shows is wild because not only is he using his strength to get to the rim and then um you know rebounding well or whatever fam like the the under the legs sidestep jump shot type shit is like yeah. look i don't necessarily care about his field goal percentage this year as long as it's not trash i don't necessarily care just because some of these shots are things that i see just in the process okay two or three years from now this is gonna be ridiculous he's gonna be doing this at a superstar level so i don't necessarily care if he hits front rim on those or whatever but because i know what's there i know that's in his bag um obviously in transition either running with the ball or running down the court is a lob threat the Magic got something special. I'm going to talk about them a little bit more in Tank Watch, but I absolutely love what I've seen from, from Paolo. Watched him play against Boston, had a better second half against them. A lot of fun. Yeah, like you said, Benedict Matherin, bro, him playing with Tyrese is crazy. Pacers not going, hopefully not going a lot of games this year, but Benedict Matherin is also shooting the ball as well. So he's shooting the ball. So his finishing has really stuck out to me. He's another guy, another rookie who is taking hits and finishing like he's been in the league for a good minute now. Um, didn't have a great game against Philly. With Rooks, I always say they're going to have up and down games. But just through this week, Benedict Matherin, ridiculous. Doesn't have to wait to get the ball from Tyrese, but the fact that he's out there playing with him and he's going to get plenty of assists from him is a plus. Those two right there and then one more piece through the draft is, is going to be absolutely, that's going to be incredible. Like I said, Jabari Smith had a great game last night. Not a great start for him so far, but uh, he... he I think him and two other teams set some whatever game whatever record he had last night put him up there with two and two other it's an ESPN stats like two other teenage players have done this in NBA history it was a solid game for him Keegan Murray too gotta give him a gotta give him a shout uh whenever Sacramento decides to start him we can really start to have the Keegan Murray conversation because at the moment they're going with Harrison Barnes and Casey Alcpala so whenever they decide they want to let Keegan off the hook uh, that, that boy got a laser and I think he can do more as well you know putting the ball on the floor but I I've always been excited for Keegan Murray. I just think that yeah, it's only been four games, but Paolo and Matherin have the potential to really se- separate themselves from the potential in the situation to separate themselves from the uh, the rest of the pack. I think Jabari will improve. Those two have the potential to, to do that for sure. So um, those are the, the, the that's basically all I want to say for rookie watch throughout this week. It is exciting. Let's move on to stock watch. This is basically whether we're buying, selling, or staying neutral on some of these teams that we spoke about earlier in the the first podcast and shut. So just throughout the first seven days, with the stock watch, where are you on the Blazers? This will be an interesting conversation. You buying, you selling, you neutral. Where are are you on them? I'll buy. You going to buy? Yeah, I'll buy because I, I didn't even have them in the playoffs. So I'll buy. The Blazers. Yeah, is I, a, I, I like I like what they got going on over there. There's a few young guys, uh, Shed and Sharp as well. Anthony Simons, they're coming up. Um, Jeremy Grant's been looking really good for them. Dame's been looking like Dame. Um, so yeah, I'm buying stock. Let's have a Portland conversation because, yeah, neither one of us had them in the playoffs. Now, I did explain for both of these sides, for both conferences, that I thought there was going to be a couple teams that aren't bad, but there just won't be space for them in the playoffs. 
Now, when you look at Portland, it's a very known fact. I just made a video about him two weeks ago. Damian Lillard is healthy. They don't miss the playoffs. That hasn't happened yet. When he was a rookie, it happened. I don't really count, but whatever. This is probably since Dame has, uh, since he lost his cast in 2016, I would say this is the best team he's had. Jeremy Grant was a player that they needed. Um, to, as far as needs, yeah, that was a guy that they needed. They definitely needed Gary Payton, who hasn't played yet. That's crazy. Uh, when you talk about the defensive backcourt between Simons and, and Lillard, that's going to be interesting to see how he fits in with that. And then... Uh, Simons, hell, every single time, Anthony Simon, every single time we've seen him play without Lillard or get some uh, good amount of reps, he's like an offensive firecracker. And we saw that in the Nuggets game last night, which I'm assuming you saw that that third quarter. He absolutely yeah. just set. That was ridiculous. I thought I felt like I was watching a, a Clay Thompson level explosion. So super exciting backcourt. Uh, like we said, what, what you have there with Jeremy Grant and the role that he's supposed to fill, really on both sides of the ball, but definitely defense. I'm still waiting. I'm staying neutral. It's a 4 0 start. I'm not buying or selling. I'm staying neutral on Portland just because I want to see how their defense holds up throughout the season. Guys are going to be going at Nurkic, they're going to be putting him in situations. They're going to be trying to get them to switch. Like I said, specifically the end of that Lakers game where. Nurkic, I think it was Nurkic and Grant who had the uh, who had the assignment, or maybe it was Winslow. I can't remember, but they switched really, really quickly, and LeBron cooked him. LeBron's gonna cook a lot of people like that, but still, Nurkic as your defensive center isn't enticing. But they do have they do have some promising things. Also, and then you probably won't expect to hear much, but uh, you wouldn't expect to hear much. But Winslow, Winslow on the defensive end as well, hounding people. He's gonna be doing that all season. That's basically all he has to do aside from hitting a couple of shots. Uh, he he comes in, does a job. Nasir Little comes in, does a job. This is probably the better one of the better Blazers teams that they've had. And still, my question is: when you lay out the eight teams in the Western Conference that either made the playoffs or are supposed to make the playoffs. It gets hard because it's like, who do you drop? When you go Warriors, Nuggets, Clippers, Pelicans, Suns, Grizzlies, Wolves. It's like one of those teams for Portland to make it would have to drop. And so I think what what name out of those would you think is dropping? I think we it feels like everyone probably has the same answer on this one. The Wolves. Yeah, everyone, if there were a team to drop, especially just with the way things look, it, it would be the Wolves. But if the Wolves figure it out and they get better, like none of those other teams. Did I even name the Mavericks? Did I name the Mavs? I don't even know if I named them. Did I? You, you say that? Yo, this this shows you how competitive it is, bro. Yeah, it's crazy. Not only the Mavs, but crazy to say it, the Jazz and the Blazers. Those are three teams right there that could potentially be competing in the play-in. That is insane. Like if, the Kings. If the Jazz kept it up, the Kings will, even though they haven't played well, or even though they haven't won games, they've been competitive in some of these. The Aaron Fox has been playing very well. They'll probably be competitive. By I'm hoping they'll be competitive after trading Halliburton for Sabonis. Uh, the Spurs are a team we haven't talked about. If if them and the Jazz are like the two wild cards, those are like the if teams, if they keep it up. Those are possibly teams that you're looking at. It's ridiculous, bro. It's a ridiculous conference, and a team would have to drop. So, uh, I'm going to say, anyways, I'm staying neutral on the Blazers, but I will concede they look really good. Dame did not lose a step. His first game, he missed a lot of shots that we know Dame can can, can make, and it didn't look good. Then he had two straight 40-point games. Last night, I believe he had something like 30. And him and Simon's going to be very fun to watch. But let me continue to get Blazers games on the slate. It's a nice start for them. The Blazers have had good seasons before. 
let's just wait and see what happens because a team is going to have to either get injured in this conference or they're going to have to fall off. For some of these teams to slip into the playoffs, a lot is going to have to happen. So we're just going to wait and see. I'm saying neutral on the Blazers, though. I should buy. I'm saying I'm saying neutral at the moment. Are you buying, selling, or are you neutral on the Miami Heat? I'm selling. I was selling before the season even started. <laughs> you sure was. Yeah, yeah I, was, uh, I was definitely selling. Um, so we've had two Biscayne Biombo appearances so far. He's had a couple of good games, but uh, Ben Adebayo, it's not been exactly what I wanted coming into this season. Jimmy Butler is doing what he does. Uh, Caleb Martin already got suspended once. Tyler Hero, this is the interesting thing about them, right? And I would say for the first week, I would just call it solid. But Tyler Hero is going to see a lot, and I mean a lot of reps on defense this year, especially because he wants to be a starter, too. He wants to be a full-time starter. He's going to see a lot of people trying to hunt him, even if he does solid. Say he's a solid defender halfway through the season and he keeps it. They are going to be putting him to work the entire season. So I yeah. want to see how that translates and and what that you know if, if that affects his offensive game because he's going to be getting tested the entire time. We know that the P.J. Tucker, I said, even though that wasn't a – um, that's not a savior for the Sixers. I still think that's a loss for Miami. And uh, Kyle Lowry is still not doing good. He, you know, he spent a lot of last year injured. Um, but right now, it's it's not looking great at all for him. So, say any anybody who out there is trying to propose a Westbrook Kyle Lowry trade, shut up. You don't know <laughs> ball. That is awful. That is an awful idea. Neither team gets better. Goodness I, gracious. I saw that tweet, and I just asked, why would Russell Westbrook fit on the Miami Heat? I, I saw that. The, the Lakers get better. The Lakers do get better, I guess. But, they, oh, my God. What does – I saw that tweet, and I was just like, I assumed it was for engagement. And not even trying to be snarky. What does that do? Bam, Jimmy, and Westbrook walk into a bar. Like, I, whatever, man. Like, y'all, y'all are going to play. A lot play. of bricks. Are y'all gonna play Struess and Tyler Hero on the wings and or the other the other two spots and just hope they hit every shot? I don't know, fam. Whatever. Um, so yeah, I had the Heat at number two just on the first week. I'm not selling a lot. I'm gonna sell a little bit though, cause I'm I'm not encouraged by the yeah. direction. Some just the direction, the general direction right now. I I would say that I'm not encouraged by Brooklyn Nets buying, selling, neutral. Um, considering I had him at, at two C, not the one C. I'm in the one C. I'm, I'm I have to sell. I have no choice but to sell. Uh, I'm not selling hard though. I'm not you know completely giving up. But you know I'm I'm lowering my expectations a little bit. I'm seeing some of the problems. Like they were looking fine preseason, and then you know, that's, why, that's why it's the preseason, you know. So I'm going to uh, stay neutral. I'm staying neutral on the Nets. I had them as a six seed. Um, it's happening for different reasons so far. Just just this week, they look more or less what I expected like, but for different reasons, I would say. Or if they do end up near the back of the Eastern Conferences for different reasons. But I, I would say neutral at the moment. Um, it's just not necessarily a team that... I, it was really just kind of waiting to see what the Ben Simmons dynamic looked like, you know? I, I went with them at the back, but I was waiting. Okay, does the Ben Simmons thing turn out great? Does it fit like hand and glove so far? It's it's not it's not gone even good right now, but I'll still stay neutral because I could see Kyrie and KD if they play, if they stay there, if they stay playing. See them finessing enough games to be decent in the regular season. Are you buying, selling, or neutral on Anthony Davis? So not a team, on a player, because that's somebody we had a lot of conversation coming 
about coming into this season? Neutral only because of injuries. If assuming all perfect health, I, I would I'll probably buy. I buy. I like the way he's looked so far. He's he's definitely taking a step up, but he, his scoring scoring a ball outside of five feet has has been a struggle for him. But I'd buy. I'm going to buy a little bit just because I like what I've seen effort-wise on defense. So that's what I was wondering. Him coming back, barely playing over these last seasons and always getting hurt. I'm wondering, does the defense take a step back? And at least to this point, I've seen the willingness. But I would say, so the willingness has been there on defense and, you know, they had him at the five. So I'm, I like that. I want to see what the shooting looks like. Obviously, you always want to see that with AD. But fam, he's got to set screens, dog. Like if he's he's got to set actual yeah. screens. Cause if you were to go look at all possessions, um, just for these last seven days of Anthony Davis setting screens, he will walk up and do the motion. It's like a video game. He will do the motion and make no type of contact. He, he wants to slip every time. That's why he, he, he all he wants to do is slip every time and i'm like bro you gotta make contact on these man like even in the in the game i was looking at with memphis yesterday like steven adams even if they weren't making contact it was still it still was giving those brick wall vibes basically when he was setting the screens or if yeah or if, if they did make contact guys were having trouble getting around him and they, it was you know basically tearing up the nets defense um ad is not as not as big or as wide as him but still fam they're, they're, as a big man and especially as somebody's playing the five now there's got to be some effort on that side but Again, just from him coming back and um, being so far, I would say one of the bright spots for the for the Lakers right now. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a buy a little bit on on AD for them for the time being. Um, that's all I had. That's all I have for for stock watch. Rapid fire. I only had one thing here. Not sure if you if you have anything or not, but uh, this is less rapid fire. This is almost trivia. I, damn, I'm tripping. I had rapid fire and trivia here. Then I kind of combined it. Whatever. Anyways. One player in the league right now takes over three three-pointers a game and shoots over 75%. Can you guess who that is in this small sample size of a week? Okay. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go with somebody who's like a, like a Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, one of those guys because they take too many shots to be that efficient. I feel like, I feel like, you know, I, I've, I've, I've been looking at this team heavy. So I have, I have, I have done a numbers check, but I don't know if he has attempts. But I know one guy that is lighting it up at that rate. Is it Kelly, or does Kelly not make enough attempts? Ain't no way you didn't Google that. It ain't no fucking way you didn't Google that. Look, look, Ke- Kelly, look, who? I, look Kelly who? I've been, Kelly Olenek, because look, I've been, I've been heavy, I've been heavy, I've been heavy on the Jazz. I've been real heavy on the Jazz. So, you know, I've, I've been looking into his stats and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? I, I looked at, I looked at Kelly, I was like, oh my God, he's lighting up. That's the only guy I can remember even looking at being like, he's lighting up. That makes um, me sick. I didn't think there was a chance in hell you were going to get that. It is Kelly Olenek. Well, it is. I didn't know he had the attempts. I almost wasn't gonna guess. But I was gonna get somebody else. Kelly is averaging 16 points a game right now, shooting 61 percent from the field. This is four games, but still, um, yeah, 61 percent from the field, 78, technically 79 percent from three on three and a half attempts per game. So obviously, it's first week, just having a little bit of fun with it, but still though, that's that's, that's a wild. I was, you know, I was gonna just, I was gonna guess Ja, because you know Ja's been lighting up, but. I don't know. I, I feel like John, 
Ja, uh, he he takes too many shots to be able to be that efficient. Ah, oh, that's crazy. Okay, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to do a harder one next year. Um, I will move on to tank watch if if you don't have anything for that section. So, what do you mean by tank watch? Like, like uh, who, who's taking? Yeah, all, yeah, pretty much looking at how the supposed to be tanking teams are doing. Just probably a few yeah, words on this. Yeah, team. yeah, yeah. No, so obviously, you know what I'm saying. Utah, you know, my Utah guy. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> that's shameless. <laughs> Absolutely um, shameless. The, the Pistons are really fun. The Pistons are looking really fun. I yeah, love watching Jayden, them play. We talk about Jaden Ivey, not even in the rookie section, but I love what I'm seeing from Jaden Ivey. Just, yeah. I, I think there's definitely, I can't wait to see how his decision-making progresses because I've seen some, and maybe you could just call it taking a chance, but there's definitely some risky passes, leaving the feet to make a pass. But I see the idea, and he gets out there in transition, uh, fearless on the, on the finishing. I guess the whole thing would just be how him and Cade make it work, how they can both be efficient yeah. at, at their games. Um, I'm sorry for not mentioning Javon and Ivy Detroit fans. I, I was just so enthralled with uh, my, my two favorite rookies at the moment. Uh, oh. As far as Tank Watch goes, how about the Los Angeles Lake? No. Uh, the, the Magic are the only team doing this right right now. They're 0-4. Talked about them a little bit earlier. They're doing this right. They are just playing with random lineups, letting guys – uh, go play basketball. Bobo just had his best game of his career probably last night. And I saw a lot of things. I saw him in transition, you know, bringing in Euro steps, blocking shots. And it's great because I saw let Paolo do things and figure out his game, his NBA game. Let Bobo do things. Keep giving him minutes. Let's see if there's an actual product there. Let Wendell Carter. And Franz, we already know Franz is hopefully going to keep developing. Same thing with Wendell. Just let them do things. Put huge lineups on the floor and lose games that's all you need to do if you're the Orlando Magic right now and uh you know hope hope you get blessed next season basically so 0-4 thus far I bought Magic stock before they had Paolo Bancaro. I bought that last year we have the receipts on the podcast uh the Oklahoma City are 0-3 we already know what type of timing they're on they started Poku at center in the first game so also they're just so they're not the only team doing it right I'm sorry the Thunder are also doing this correctly um the Kings are not 0-3 on purpose. They're definitely not 0-3 on purpose. Yeah. They've been trying, and uh, De'Aaron Fox, once again, you know, when De'Aaron Fox is healthy, this is what you get from him. He's, I feel like he's, since he's in Sacramento, people just hear about his scoring numbers whenever he has a hot night. But when he's healthy, he he, he hoops. You know, that's what you get from him. Um, yeah. Spurs. Yeah, Spurs playing good. Yo, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, and Jakob Pertl as, as a just a big man in general. But passing. Yeah. The Spurs are like doing things, and again, I'm gonna wait you know, more than seven days. But uh, yeah, Vassell, Devin Vassell, as I said at the beginning, was the one who was like, "Don't talk to me about tanking." Basically, and he's he was hoping last season too when he got the opportunity. The Jonte Murray is gone. You don't got an All Star out of here. More touches have opened up. Uh, those two are gonna be fun. I guess it's the same question with the Jazz. Do you think that keeps up, or do you think it regresses to the mean uh, as we as we continue here? I don't think the Spurs will keep up. The Jazz, I guess, I can maybe see the Jazz are a little bit deeper. They got a lot of spark plugs, but the Spurs, if you look at that roster, they had like the most, the most like boring roster in the NBA. I would argue the Jazz are more boring somehow. I, 
I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I like Keldon Johnson and in, in, in Vassell. I mean, they don't, they don't, the Spurs don't got like a Jordan Clarkson or Connor Sexton. You know, those, those are entertaining guys no, to that watch. Is that is that is true. That That's very true, actually. It's just when, I don't know, maybe the jerseys are affecting my opinion there. When I see Utah <laughs> out there and I see Vanderbilt with Kelly Olenek and Markinen and just and then Sexton's there running 100 miles an hour, I'm just like, uh, but whatever. But, you know, good basketball this week. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I really do like I really do like those two from San Antonio. Um, I do. I am interested. Same question I had for the Jazz. When the, as the season progresses, do they go like, all right, y'all are doing great. Uh, let's see what we can get for Yacoperto so we can <laughs> move this tank along. So, Because uh, somebody will get something in Yacoperto if they did. Um, a, a team that's actually playing for something would, would definitely would definitely have something with them. We didn't talk about – so th- that's basically the, the tank watch, the Pacers. We, we talked about a lot of these teams that are – uh, doing that we know what the rockets are on the goal is not to talk about every team every week but i guess i'll wrap this up by just a mention of the dallas mavericks because uh, we didn't actually talk about the mavericks and suns game so much has happened since then but shout out to the Suns. shout out to so both squads first of all christian wood is offensively doing the things that we thought would happen with uh he and luca question was always defensively but offensively that pairing is working beautifully javel mcgee same thing uh, we already knew with with dwight powell Playing with Luka, that would be cool. But I, I have to give a shout-out to Phoenix. I know everyone's praying on their downfall. The first game, I, I was laughing, bro, because that looked like game eight. First half of, of that game looked like game eight of, of Mavericks and Suns. I thought they were going to die right there. Um, and, and Devin Booker, ever since that moment, has, has basically cooked. So you, you got to give them credit for not dying in that Dallas game. Yeah. That would have been a really bad one to lose. Yeah, overall, I mean, they they look they look really resilient. Um, coming off of that first half, I I won't be able to do it if I see myself getting smoked like that by the same dude, man. I, I thought the towel. I thought we had a LeBronto situation coming up. I really yeah. did, and I I got off stream. I was like, okay, well, this is just what this is now. The Suns <laughs> are about to do what we thought they were going to do in our in our uh, in our first podcast because i think we were all a little bit lower on them but shout out to the fight they had uh chris paul has, is not off offensively scoring wise he's not off to a good start he got replaced at the end of that game by damian lee who ended up hitting the game winner that that game was literally just like the uh the, the twilight zone but i did want to make sure i had stepped in and, and gave a shout out to christian wood and gave a shout out to phoenix for not dying because if they had lost that game in that fashion after losing to the 36ers, after losing Game 7 the way they did, I was just going, okay, you know what, Phoenix, they're, they're ready to to roll over and die. But they're not dead yet. Phoenix is actually um playing tonight. I will be doing a watch party for that squad tonight. It's the first week. It's only a couple of games for these teams. They're 2-1, but that is a, uh, that's a shot I had for them. That brings us to the end of this first podcast. Um, we covered basically everything I wanted to cover for week one. There's plenty more ball to go. Kobe, if you have anything left you want to say, you can get that out, and then we can wrap this up. Hey, man. Watch Utah basketball. That's all I got to say. <laughs> shameless. Absolutely shameless. You know, I would give the Jazz their credit, but I'm not even going to pretend like I want to see anything positive happening in Utah. Shout <laughs> out to Lloyd Mark, and I, I've, I have wanted to see him do well since the Chicago days, but... um. Nah, bro, that's shameless. <laughs> For those of y'all who are listening, this is on Spotify. This is on Apple Podcasts. YouTube is the main platform, but you can catch them. If you don't have YouTube Premium, you can always catch them on there and close your phone while you're working out or doing whatever else you are doing. As far as the days of the podcast, because I know this on YouTube would drop on a Wednesday. On Spotify, drop on a Tuesday. 
I still kind of want to calibrate it to Monday just for the start of every week, but uh, at least for this one, we will see, and we'll see what happens with a uh, with the third guy on uh, next week because I've actually heard some interesting things uh, that I didn't know before. So I uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Hit the like button, comment, all that good stuff. Rate if on Spotify. Rate if you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We will see y'all next week, regardless.